Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, so we are starting this in a very, very unorthodox uh, fashion. We've just pieced together the, pe- the parts of our studio. We are still alive on remote here, coming, calling from, uh, calling from, we in Vermont, and the moment uh, we just started, our son just got sick. So our our son just hurled. So so uh, Alice is leaving. I've got to call into Michael Yon to come on uh, to talk to us about all of this stuff, and. Um, about what's going on, I and mean, I'm already amazed. I'm already amazed at, at what I've seen today. Amazed. I mean, man, <clears throat> 2022 is going to make a conspiracy theorist out of me. I'm telling you, I just can't. I cannot uh, believe it. I mean, so as you know, <clears throat> uh, just last night there were missile strikes by the Iranians. At the American consulate in Erbil in uh, in Iraq, so these are a bunch of serious missile strikes, um, big explosions. They hit the they hit the compound, didn't hurt anybody, okay. But it's a serious act of aggression, and from what I've seen, the Iranians fessed up to it immediately. It's also uh, comes on the heels of and this is the chatter, the heels of some Iranian uh, guard troops being killed by Israelis. And there may have been some tie-in to uh, the anniversary of Soleimani getting waxed by Trump. So there's a few things at work here, but that's where we are now. Uh, so this missile strike, which on Twitter last night was kind of a big thing, of course. On social media, it was kind of a big thing. On the transom is a big thing because it's a missile strike on an American consulate by Iran, the state of Iran. This is not middlemen, uh, you know, this is not Hezbollah or some third-party mercenaries. This is the Iranian government shooting missiles at the American government. That's a big thing. It's a big thing. So, so far today, 
what we've had is almost well today I watched all this, I listened to all the Sunday shows <clears throat> zero coverage on the Sunday shows zero just nothing at all I am absolutely blown away it, it, nothing at all there was nothing except for the Fox News Sunday show <clears throat> where Brett Baer talked about it but this is crazy Iran Iran just attacked us and we're acting like is it it's nothing it's remar I'm blown away that none of the none of the big shows except for the Fox Sunday show even mentioned it they're all in they're all in what you're hearing from the Sunday shows right now are they're in lockstep that uh Zelensky good Putin bad Republicans who are Putin uh, adjacent bad Trump loves still Putin bad and a Trump bad and Republicans who are enabling Putin are bad. It's remarkable. Largely, oh, and that's right. And in, in, in the inflation is not because of a Biden. Biden in the in, in the aggression is not because of anything that Biden did. <clears throat> so what we've got going here, obviously, is the United States government and its uh, and its press saying it's no big deal. Don't cover it. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. No big deal. The Iranians are slapping us around. We're still begging them, using the Russians who are mediating, we're begging them to to let us start a new nuclear deal with them, the Iranians, under the guise of, which is going to give them all sorts of aid and take away sanctions. It's a ridiculous suck-up to Iran. I don't know why these, guys, these Democrats are so uh, obsessed with sucking up to Iran again and again and again. They want to give them more money, and then a bunch of, you know what's going to happen? They're going to cheat, of course, and they're going to get nukes, and they're going to nuke somebody because they're madmen. They don't play by our rules. They have no values. But, so we've taken it now. They just shot missiles at us. They had a missile launch at us, hit our consulate, and we're saying nothing about it. Nothing. The government is saying nothing about it, and their press, they don't, the press is in a tough position because one thing the press doesn't want to do the, the, the forbidden land for this press is to be in a position where they would ever say that Trump is doing a better job than Biden or that Biden is failing. They can't. They can't. It makes it too, it, it puts its positive light on Trump and they can't do that. So the press is saying, oh, we have, we, we have, our narratives are set. We're not going to talk about, we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, we don't talk about Iran. That's what happens. It's, it, it's. And it's amazing because it's a huge story. But in my opinion, they're saying no. We've got enough stuff going on. We have enough battles. The press is saying we have enough battles. And the, the Biden administration is saying we have enough battles as well. Dealing with the uh, inflation, the energy crisis that we're in now. Uh, dealing with these, this uh, the the fact that the Russians cared not for all of our saber rattling and poured right into Ukraine, the the disaster in Afghanistan. I think the press is saying we we're full up. We don't we can't add another item, another challenge for Biden. We can't. That puts us, the press, into a corner of having to opine on this. And what do we say? How do we say it's not another weakness by Biden? And I think the press feels that they're in a war footing now. The press feels that we're at war with Ukraine, I mean with Russia, which we technically are not at war with Russia, Ukrainians are at war with Russia, but the media is saying, no, we're not doing anything tangentially, but uh, engaging in this war against 
Russia right alongside, which is why you're hearing so many people when, when they've been, uh, when, when all the Sunday shows today um, uh, interviewed people from, um, people from other, um, from other, uh, I'm sorry, from, from cities in Ukraine, you heard them say, keep up the brave fighting. What literally, I was just listening to, was it CNN or whatever saying, oh, keep up the brave fighting. But what are you doing? You're not, you're not a Ukrainian press person. But everybody decided they're all in. That's it. They're absolutely in, in Ukraine. And so now we're, for, we're we're ignoring other things that are on the transom. And it's amazing. So here's the dec- Deputy Secretary of State, who is, uh, what is her name? Secretary, De- Deputy Secretary, Wendy Sherman. And listen to this. Listen to how she addresses this situation with um, with the Iranians firing missiles at us. Wendy Sherman. Madam Secretary, welcome to Fox News Sunday. Good to be with you, Brent. We want to obviously talk a lot about Ukraine, but I want to start where I left off there with General Keene, and that is uh, these 12 ballistic missiles fired on the U.S. consulate in Erbil, Iraq, from inside Iran. Just in the past few minutes, Iran is now claiming responsibility for that attack. What is the reaction to that, and is there going to be a response? Uh, This was a very concerning attack, as General Keene pointed out. Uh, Indeed, uh, we do not believe that the consulate was actually the target of this uh, missile attack. Uh, We are very glad that our facilities are secure. And I just killed the recording, so I'll have to start that again. So Alice is going to be screwed up now. Sorry, Alice. Uh, But let's get back to Wendy Sherman here. And is there going to be a response? Uh, This was a very concerning attack, as General Keene pointed out. Uh, indeed, uh, we do not believe that the consulate was actually the target of this uh, missile attack. Uh, we are very glad that... But we, they, they lobbed 12 missiles at the consulate and hit it. They talked about it. It's been talked about in the press over there. But we don't believe. So we're going to pretend that they didn't take a whack at us so that we could pretend that we're not being bullied by third world hellholes and we can pretend that <clears throat> it absolutely makes sense for us to go ahead in good faith negotiations with the Iranians because everything's just fine. Remarkable. Our facilities are secure, that everybody's accounted for, uh, that no one has been hurt or killed. But all of that said, uh, this is great concern. Uh, there will indeed <clears throat> be a statement, I'm sure, uh, coming out uh, shortly, uh, as well as calls in. This- shortly? <clears throat> it happened 24 hours ago. Where's the statement? Shortly? What? This was an attack on Iraq's sovereignty, among other things, and of great concern to all of us. Obviously, we will be following this closely. We have U.S. personnel uh, there who work and live there, and as you mentioned, no, no casualties as of yet that we've heard of. But at the same time, the U.S. is closing in on this nuclear deal with Iran. Is that true? Is it close? Well, I think it's close, and we would like all this of the, the parties, point. including Russia, which has indicated it's got some concerns to bring this to a close. You know, we are very concerned about what Iran is doing, but imagine these Iranians with a nuclear weapon. Uh, we need to get that off the table so we can address their malign behavior in the Middle East, uh, and we will do all of the above. Uh, but first, we've got to get this deal, and it is not yet closed. Madam Secretary, you can understand the disconnect for the average American watching this happening as we're sitting at a table, not only with the Iranians, but the Russians in Vienna. We are getting fired upon by Iran. Uh, You're saying the target wasn't the U.S. consulate, but that's where it ended up. Uh, Help people get 
square this circle because it doesn't seem like a lot of people think that we should be doing that. It's, it's hard to understand. I appreciate that. But here's the deal. Uh, if Iran has a nuclear weapon, its ability to project power into the Middle East and to deter us, our allies and partners, is enormous. So President Biden believes very... All right. I think we've got Michael on. Hey, Michael. Howdy. I'm in Florida now. I was with the truckers. Oh, wow. And, uh, and uh, Lord. <laughs> so anyway, let's talk about this. I'm getting ready right now to possibly go over to Poland. Oh. And so I just left the truckers up in Maryland. I, I flew. I, I uh, drove over from. Um, I flew from Florida to California, and and um, and and drove all the way from California to Maryland with the truckers. Huh. And, uh, and and that was quite interesting. I mean, there was a huge amount of support with the truckers. Oh. Uh, and then, of course, I've been. Uh, you know, Chuck Holton is over. My friend, a war, really great war correspondent, over and. Chuck is over in Ukraine right now. Before the war kicked off, uh, I said, you know, Chuck said, do you want to go to Ukraine? And I said, no, I, you know, I, I, you know, it's not a hill to die on for starters. <laughs> you know, I've done so much war, you know, and, uh, and it's, uh, you know, at this point I, I pick my wars, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I see the war in Ukraine. It's not, it's more of a tactical battleground. There's a lot more going on. Yeah, We're so so let me at, let me start uh, there. Okay. The high, go ahead. Let me ask you a couple. For, ahead, first of all, I want to first I want to address the Iranian uh, the Iranian attack on the consulate from last night. Because right. you know, they fired a bunch of missiles and it hit our consulate compound these missiles. But you've got the administration now saying, "Oh no, they didn't even want to shoot at the consulate. They didn't even want to." And none of the Sunday shows except for Fox even mentioned it because they're all in with Zelensky, obviously. So, um Right. So, yeah. So what are the so for, first of all, what the fuck is going on that that, that America's decided that the the, the the secretary, the deputy secretary of state said we don't think they meant to hit us. We just want to get on with the peace talks. What peace talks? What are we doing? It's like what? Uh, how, why are we trying to make peace? Yeah. Well, as you can see, uh, is the. Uh, uh, well, the first question is, is this just normal background noise with Iran? They're a consummate terrorist state, and they're constantly doing terrorist stuff. That's how how the Iranians operate, as you know, mm -hmm. right? This could be normal background noise uh, because they do launch missiles now and then, and they're constantly doing terrorist strikes. We'll see if a pattern develops quickly. Uh, but these aren't. This is not sure like a. This is not like an intermediary in the, or anything. Well, so with Iran, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll move to Ukraine. Anyway, it's interesting because this was this. This is state actor. This is not like Hezbollah or something. This is like the real thing. I, I to me, to me, I think they're slapping us in the face because they know we can because we want to make a deal with these people for some reason. But but we'll leave that alone. As far as uh, Ukraine is going. Um, First of all, it's obviously it's getting bad, and the it, it, last week at this time we were going to send them or let the polls send them fighters, and now we're not. What do you think's going on? Well, I mean, it wasn't about us letting the polls send them fighters. The polls don't want to get dragged into a neck deep war with Russia, of course, for obvious reasons. Mm. And by the way, I lived in Poland for two years, and I was there in Lithuania next door uh, last year for about in about six or eight months ago for almost a month. And I was publishing that Russia was up to something. It was obvious. I was down in Africa, down in Morocco with Chuck Colton, actually, and Chuck mm. called, uh, called uh, Frontex in Warsaw, and they said that Frontex, that's a border patrol agency from Europe, European Union, said that uh, 
Belarus, Lukashenko was, you know, the dictator of, of Belarus's uh, Lukashenko was uh, pushing migrants into Lithuania and trying to do the same in Poland. So we flew out from Morocco immediately up to Lithuania. And I had been with the Lithuanian army in, in, um, in Afghanistan. So I kept my contacts and immediately was in top level meetings with, you know, uh, or let's say interviews with with their you know elected officials, the deputy foreign uh, minister, and uh, out with the army and intelligence and police, and really getting full access to their uh, camps and everything. And it was very clear that Lukashenko and Putin were up to something, right? And mm-hmm. I was reporting that, like I said, six or eight months ago, and um, and 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 it's been going on ever since. That said, I'm not saying that 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 uh, this is a case where it does take more than two to tango. It's not just Russia waking up one day to do the invasion. I'm not going to get into all that. But the bottom line is we're in a we're in a situation right now. I've been warning since January of 2020. We're in a pan for war situation, pandemic, famine, war. When you get a big pandemic or famine or war, you get the other two. Now, we know that this pandemic is largely, you know, uh, falsified and fraudulent and just a massive. That's its own world. However, the. The, the, the things that have been pushed upon us and upon the world have created those normal circumstances that create famine, right? And so now we see with Ukraine a far bigger play in action right now with Ukraine uh, being their, their exports have been shut off. They're a major grain producer. And of course, the fertilizers from, uh, from Russia and, and, and Belarus and, and Ukraine, these things, this is all playing into pan for war. I think the bigger situation that's going to unfold as this year unfolds will be obviously the united states is going into a sort of uh, economic collapse mm-hmm. while we see global famines that we've never seen before we've never seen famines on a global scale i'm not saying everywhere in the world will be you know uh, starving that's that i think that's pretty obviously untrue but there will be i think many famines around the world starting this year by the end of this year and by 2023, it's going to be very severe. And remember, famines cause pandemic and war and mass migrations, right? So we can see mass migrations on a scale that we've never seen before. As you know, I spent most of last year rolling around the world, Colombia, Panama, Mexico, Texas, New Mexico, the whole world, Morocco, Greece, Lithuania, just checking out the migration situation, right? Because the migration situation is pretty intense right now. A lot of people have taken their eye off of it, but our, while, while we're running off to defend Ukraine's borders, bullshit, our Southern border <laughs> is being invaded. It's unbelievable how many people are coming across. Nobody actually knows how many are coming across. And you know, when you go and you go to Texas and you sit at any of many, many places, just pick one. Uh, you don't have to wait like a day to see some migrants cross. It's, it's like, you know, 15 minutes. Here comes right. the next batch. You know, here comes the next, here's two here, here's 20 here, here's 200. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's just a, it goes, you know, drip, 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 and huge spurred, you know, uh, uh, groups at times. And it's just massive. It's unbelievable. So we're being invaded while our economy is being cla- is collapsed, collapsing, while our foods are being exported to China in particular and other places as well. But China is getting huge exports from it, for instance, from of pork and other things while our food prices go up and, and, and the world food supply and fertilizer supply and other inputs like fuel. I mean, the, uh, when it comes time to, you know, to gas up your, your, your tractors and, and get the ammonium out there. I mean, 
this is a we're looking at, at we're looking at something far bigger than Ukraine here. And and at this point, you know, when it comes to the jets that you mentioned mentioned mm-hmm. with Poland, of, of course, Poland didn't want to send their jets over. Poland's like, we'll just send the jets over to Germany, and you can do it. Of course, America's <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, there was some general I saw him on TV, and right. he's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would Poland send them to Germany? Well, it's pretty obvious why Poland would send them to Germany. Because let the United States do it, or let NATO do it if they want. Poland is, you know, Poland is on the brink of being in a kinetic war with Russia mm-hmm. and Belarus. Right, it's right on the border there. Right, and you know, I, I trained. Well, I was in special forces. We trained specifically to parachute into Poland near the near the border of Belarus. There, at a place called Bialystok. You can see it on the map. So we trained for several years. That was secret at the time, of course. But now it's not. It's past the time limit. But we trained to parachute in near Bialystok to interdict Poland to interdict uh, uh, Soviets coming into Poland on the on the railheads there. To, to you know, spot certain types of rockets and radars, and to if we saw those, to attack their equipment and kill the crews, and then link up with uh, Polish resistance. So I trained for about three years to do that, and and also went to language school for it and the whole works. Right, mm-hmm. that was what. And, and then later, after I was in the army, I lived in Poland for two years, and I've been all over that area and Lithuania. And I can tell you, it is not an easy place to defend against against an attack. They don't have the mountains. Well, not in the not in the important corridors anyway. Uh, you know, Poland doesn't want a war. And Poland has been very gracious to uh, Ukrainians. They get along with Ukrainians, but they can only take Pol- the the relationship between Poland and Ukraine is almost <laughs> like that between the United States and Canada. Right. Well, until they had a dictatorship up there. <laughs> I mean, and but I mean, you know, and and uh, I mean, it's very like you know, if Canadians need to get out of Canada because of wildfire, we're going to take them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and Poland's been doing the same thing with Ukraine, but there's only so many they can take because Poland has even a smaller uh, – Poland's got, what, less than 40 million people, Ukraine maybe 42 million, and uh, several million apparently have already left. Yeah. Not all of them to Poland, but – and they can only take so many. Your gratitude – I mean, your 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 hospitality does have limits. It's not like you, Poland you know, has <laughs> giant warehouses of food, right? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll talk no, no, no. You're right. You're right. But you know what? I can't, I can't believe. Thank you for that clarity. Because last week, Blinken was saying that if Poland wants to, in an autonomous way, send uh, fighters, that's fine. Suddenly, the verbiage changed this week, just like as you were saying. And suddenly, it was our job to to do it. And I thought that Blinken was being a nice guy last week. I, 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 I or, so now I see that the polls the polls wanted to just launder their jets through us so that it, so that we have to uh, so that we're no fish- no 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 that's not that's not what happened no it was us trying to push the polls to give them their jets it was right. us trying to push okay. Poland to give Poland yes jets and you and Poland's like whoa 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 right no, we'll give the jets to it was the United States saying Poland give your jets to Ukraine and Poland's like whoa Rambo. Uh, you know, they're like, wait a minute, you're kind of putting us into it. Why are you using us as your shield and your, your EPE? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and so Poland said, no, we'll send them to Germany and, you know, you can replace our jets with F-16s. That's fine. Right. You know, and and the United, and the United States is like, whoa, whoa, why is Poland like a being so recalcitrant? Because listen, I lived in Poland for two years and I'll tell you a lot about Polish people. They're, they're great people. I love Polish people. They're very stubborn. 
they're like a mule. I mean, they're, I call it a non-Newtonian personality. If you, if you're kind, if you're respectful and you, uh, and you make sense and that sort of thing, they're easy to work with, very yeah. easy to work with, pleasurable to work with. But as soon as you start putting your finger in their chest, the polish are going to be like, Whoa, no, no, no. It's not Newtonian. If you, if you punch, if you punch ketchup, it'll become almost a solid, right? right. So it's the same. It's the same. It's the same with Polish people. It's, as soon as you push them hard, they stiffen up, and that's what. The, and I've, I've I've said that for years about Germans. The way Germans deal with Polish. I lived in Germany for four. Years. I speak German fluently. I lived in it. I lived in Germany for four years. I lived in Poland for two years, and I always tell the Germans like, why do you, you, your next door neighbors with Polish? You should understand by now that when you talk down to them and you talk bad to them and you try to put them into their place, guess what? They always do the same thing. They stiffen up and they're very right. stubborn. Remember, they didn't give up. They got, they had to put up with communists and then Nazis and then communists yes. again. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and they're very pro-American and they're very good fighters. And they're, you know, they're, I, you know, if, if out of all the countries in the world who have really been abused, I mean, terribly yeah. abused. Poland is in the top. I don't know if anybody's had it worse, quite frankly, not even the Russians. Uh, I mean, they've really, and yet they're like, they keep standing up. You punch them in the face, they fall down yeah. and they get back up. And and the fact that they haven't just, uh, you know, fallen apart into one giant ghetto is a, is a testament to the strength of their personality. So when a weakling like Blinken comes up and starts putting <laughs> his finger in their chest, they're like, dude, we faced off the communists, yeah. and then the Nazis, and then the communists again. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you know, and and and, 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 and we'll face up to little Blinken. You yeah, know? it's, it's like, so funny. He does come know. off so weak. It is so pathetic. Oh, what a what a milk toast guy. But l- let well, me ask you. And, okay, I mean, sorry, sorry, Alice, sorry, remember, Michael, sorry I jumped in. I was Hi, my kid. Our kid is sick at the same time as doing this show, but oh. um, so I had to step away for a minute. But I'm back, and you know, I I just kept thinking this: like, what must all these European countries think of Kamala? Because I'm sure they've just been hearing the the stuff from from our media like praising her and she's so historic and she and Biden are so wonderful and I think in general like a lot of European people I know have a tendency to like want to think well of Biden and Kamala they they liked Obama and you know and they think they seem like reasonable and nice but then we send Kamala over there and she's such an embarrassment what must European people be thinking right now about our country have you noticed how the Polish leaders are actually educated Yes. Uh, you know, they actually they actually make sense. Yeah. Now we've got the EU going after Hungary. I've been to Hungary as well. Uh, I may go back to Hungary again soon just to check out atmospherics. But, you know, now they're putting their finger in the chest of the Hungarians and the Poles because, you know, they're not bowing down to EU pressures on all this folk stuff. You know, they're, that, right, I mean, right. Hungary and Poland, they have family values. They're not going to give up their religious views. They're just not going to do it. The heart, and now the EU is... Uh, voted to sanction them during a time of war for all this woke stuff. I mean, that just yeah. shows you how out of touch the, the re- Europe is killing itself. It's committing suicide. Yeah. Europe is the Middle East for white people. I mean, <laughs> you know, I lived in I lived in Europe for six years, you know, two in Poland and four in Germany and been all over that place many, many times. And I'm just I love Europe. I love a lot of Europeans and they are poisoned by information war in particular. 
and the United States is as well. As you know, I've written three books on information war. Unfortunately, they're all in but, Japanese. But, well, well, but is Michael, is wokeism that important that like Germany has been, you know, you know, dismantling its energy infrastructure and buying more Russian oil, getting rid of its nuclear plants? I mean, don't they remember the Soviets? Why is this a suicide pact? The highest form of warfare is information warfare. That's your PhD stuff. You know, I spent years in combat out in the shootouts all over the place. You know, unbelievable. I can't even remember all the shootouts I've been in until I look at my old photos and I'm like, wow, I forgot an entire giant firefight. You know what I mean? I've been in a lot of that, but that's like high school level warfare, right? Once you get into the higher levels of warfare, the highest level by far is information warfare, right? And that's where we're being beaten. That's where we're being beaten. I was down in Columbia last year, and I was with Chuck Colton, actually, in Masako Ganaha. We were having lunch with a senator, um, Senator uh, Maria Cabal from Colombia. Mm-hmm. And she said, why are, they, why are they getting everybody to speak their own languages, all the indigenous people to speak their own languages and to fight us and to fight each other? And I said, Maria, my office is in Thailand. They're doing the same thing there. I was out with it for a year with the Maoists in, in Nepal. One of the things that the Maoists were constantly doing was getting everybody to tower of Babel, speak your own languages, do your own, you know, and I, at my office is in Thailand. I, I see it happening between uh, Indonesia and Malaysia, for instance, on the, um, you know, the, 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 the cultural appropriation. You get, yep. they get Ind- Indonesians and, and Malaysians fighting over who, who did this music first, right? Right. You know, it's like, you know, uh, and so it goes on and on and on. So you, you, I see this all over the world, trying to get people to break apart at the atomic level, families to break apart, break apart from your church or your temple, break apart from, especially break apart families, Mm -hmm. men fighting women, men and women confused about their gender. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is all part of psychological warfare, information warfare brought to the nth degree at this point. And so that's where you can never waste a moment of your time Mm -hmm. studying uh, psychological war, you know, brainwashing. A great book is called Rape of the Mind. It came out in 1956. I recommend it to just thousands of people. Rape of the Mind. Read it. 1956. When you read Rape of the Mind, page by page, you're going to go, wait a minute. We just lived through that for two years straight, and we're still living in it. Rape of the Mind. It's written by a Dutch a right. psychologist it- who went through the Nazis and Vichy France. Anyway, go ahead. Right. And no doubt, and you're right. And obviously they're using this crazy wacko stuff to destroy all of the institutions, like you mentioned as well. But, I mean, how come Putin and Russians are immune to it? How come some countries are immune to this wackiness? Uh, they're, they're not. I mean, you know, information warfare is one of the ways we help break the Soviet Union. I or mean, is it emanating from Russia, so, Michael, yeah. actually? Is it emanating from Russia? Uh, no. No, no, no. They're not the only ones. We're pretty good at it ourselves. As you can see, we've been doing it to ourselves. But the Russians have been extremely good at information warfare. The British used to be masters at it. Chinese are very good at it. There's many people that are good. That's like nobody has a monopoly on artwork, right? right. And great information campaigns are works of art. I mean, they're part science and part art. They're, they're that fusion where it becomes this incredible thing. The best information wars, you can never tell you're in them. Because they're like an IMAX. Everywhere you look is the same uh, messaging, for instance. Yeah. Whether you look in the encyclopedia or a museum or the movies or the musicals. or well, Anyway, uh, go ahead. But I no. think about that, you know, how, how even like this Ukraine thing, it's like – 
it's like this weird mass hysteria thing. And I mean, obviously, there is a, a real actual war happening there as well. But to watch sort of everybody go from like last week, we all had George Floyd pictures. And then the next week, we all did this. And then the next week. And now now the thing is now we're all about Ukraine. And, we and all now we love, have to hate Russia and Russian dressing and everything. Russian. And, like, and it's just weird to watch everybody like transform in real time, like to like this new obsession it's really an odd phenomenon to watch this is the art of information wars again rape of the mind 1956 everything you're seeing is late or 1984 mm-hmm. you know that yep. uh george orwell i mean watch the movie read the book i mean this is it i mean it, it's like george orwell going through and uh in 1984 reading off endless statistics in the movie watch the movie or read the book and you know they're going on for like five minutes of you know 3,000 grenade launchers made this week, 42,000 rifles, blah, blah, blah. And it goes on for like five minutes. Remember all these statistics that are droning on during, you know, the the, the, the fake, the pandemic, right? Uh, one of the ways that you're made weaker is just, it's right out of the 1956 book, just going on and on and on with statistics that don't mean really anything. But people are like, oh, yeah, there it is, you know. And these things, it, 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 because boredom is one of the ways that's used to weaken your mind to insert the message, right? Boredom. So when, so when you just get this thing over and over and over, which you don't quite understand, uh, that's, that's just another way of weakening your mind to insert messages. But again, uh, for instance, let's talk about information more on, on Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, when did this actually start? I don't know. It obviously started some years ago at a minimum. But for instance, Zelensky, when I first saw him out there i'm like wow he's got good leadership qualities and i published a couple of things on that the first right off the bat i'm like oh good he's staying behind he's like really manning up and then as i started watching i was with the truckers on the convoy so i wasn't able to pay full attention to it i started uh, breaking away from them to pay more attention to what's going on in ukraine i'm like wait a minute Zelensky looks like part of a great information campaign actually i mean it's pretty obvious for me that studies i mean for instance okay you know, there's always these always these allegations that the the Azov uh, battalion and all that are Nazis. Mm-hmm. Right. There's Nazis in Ukraine. We all they, they know that's coming. So what do they do? Well, Zelensky, he's handsome, young. He's you know a tough guy. He's an actor, of course. Turns out he's an actor and a comedian, and he's Jewish, of course. So that puts that puts you know well that puts baking soda on that acid right on the Nazi thing. He, couldn't right. be anything like that because he is Jewish, you know. You know, so they're they're crossing all the T's and dotting the I's, so to speak. I, I watched an interview with another Ukrainian mayor. I forgot his name it was about two or three days ago. And again, young guy, very fit, looking. He looks like an actor actually. And he's like, you know, I was in the army, and, and he's, his English was quite good. I'm just like, yeah, this is a this is an obvious information campaign. You know what I mean? Right. And oh, these are role definitely. actors like like AOC, like like so many that are out there that are literally picked and put into those positions. This right. is an or old like the the female MP in, in Ukraine who stayed behind, who's going to fight until the end. Right. You She's know, got like, a, a chick with a uh, machine gun and a cigar. You know, it's it's like, uh, you know, yeah. so every American guy is like, yeah, dick, goddamn right. Well, uh, and even Zelensky. the stories that were like immediately debunked, like the Snake Island thing and stuff, it, it's just such a slick uh it's so, slick PR campaign, right. the whole thing. So, so Michael, let me ask yeah. you, as somebody who's seen every kind of actor in conflict around the world now for more than 20 years, who's who's the good guy? Or is is there a good guy? Who's a bad guy? Should the Polish give planes to people? What, what should be done? 
Well, everybody's got their own position, of course, right? Uh, you know, Putin actually has concerns that, let's face it, Russia and the Soviet Union have been one of the consummate evils, right? I mean, communists have yep. killed more people than than anybody. probably than even uh, probably than militant uh, Islam, or certainly even more than Nazis. Right? Yes, I mean, communists they kill on a wholesale. They they kill by the dozens of millions, right? Yep. Uh, and so, and you know, Stalin did his big Holodomor uh, uh, famine in Ukraine in the 30s. I mean, it's epic. I mean, these things are they just do these things like a normal day right so 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 they are no angels period uh at the same time uh they are going to exist and they are going to live and we have been able to live with them in relative peace and uh and 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 the and the the russians are very concerned as nato continues to expand of course estonia latvia and lithuania and poland of course are now you know right there getting you know encroaching further and further and uh and not to mention trying to push ukraine to join uh, into NATO, but I think there's much higher plays. You know, there's there's many actors here. So when somebody asks, "Well, who's running all this?" It's like asking who runs the jungle, right? Nobody runs the jungle. The jungle is the jungle. There's right. the tiger, the crocodile, the puma, and the mosquitoes, right? Everything's out there, right? And and we've got that here. We've got many different interests pulling and pushing. Sometimes they're in conjunction with each other, and other times they're in opposition. Uh, and, and we've got, uh, you know, with Ukraine right now, uh, clearly being more aggressive towards Russia. And, uh, you know, Russia's, you know, quite worried. I mean, and we've just been pushing that button. We've been putting our finger in Putin's chest. You see this thing about Russian collusion with uh, with uh, with uh, Trump. And, yep. and I'm thinking, where did this even come from? I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And then, you know, later it was turned out, you know, turned out to be untrue. But, uh, you know, Russia also has had a long uh, history of being invaded. So they're not they've also been the victim. And, and then when that victim stands up, it becomes the victimizer again. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, that's why I say uh, having lived in Europe for six years, Europe is the Middle East for white people. I mean, they are a fractious group. And if you've got a United States who has really helped to keep the peace there ever since World War Two, an exemplary job up until recent years. Uh, the United States, I mean, if we hadn't have been there, it would have continued to be just a bunch of wars. And uh, and I'm really proud of the way our country helped to, you know, uh, to, to bring Europe into a, a better age. But at this point, the government that we have now is pushing it the wrong direction. And, you know, we're pr- trying to push, you know, push Poland into taking migrants into Poland. Uh, for instance, we've been pushing them for years to do that. The EU has been pushing. And I tell them, listen, for the good of the migrants, for the well-being of the quote-unquote migrants, do not send them to Poland because they're not weak white guys. They're not Swedish. You start <laughs> raping Polish women, they're not going to call the police. They're going to come and kill you. They will take you on the street and beat you to death in the street, and the police will come to get you. You know, and I, I'm telling you, that's how mm. Polish go. That's how they roll. They're they're still they're still got the strength of a, of a lion in them, right? And the Hungarians are the same way. And the, many of the Czechs are and the Slovakians as well. Lithuanians, uh, they'll roll. You know what I mean? And so, so you know, pushing this idea that we should just – listen, I've been to more than 80 countries. I've spent more than half of my life in other countries, right, outside of the United States, more than half. And I've learned some lessons. One of those lessons is not all fish will mix well in the same aquarium, right? And, you know, pushing fish into the Polish aquarium, 
It ain't going to fly. Mm. I mean, Poland is is as hum- homogenous as is Japan. You know, it's just like a it's sort of like a, a white guy, Japan, insofar as Poland is Poland. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Yes. And just leave them alone and, and, and leave them alone. Do business with them and intermarry and all that stuff. And we're great friends and allies. But you got to give them some space. But if they're going to take I mean, the, the, but then what's the way to shut off the um, the refugee uh, surge? Other than by stop, other than stopping the Russians. So is this is the was is the way to end this by stopping the Russians, repelling the Russians somehow? Uh, I don't think this is going to stop easily at this point because now the now the fire started. As you know, it's easier to start a prairie fire than it is to put it out. <laughs> and uh, and these things, you know, the way that it's going now, because you see, we're in a much larger dynamic. We're heading into a massive food crisis. And now some people see it now and others don't. I've been warning about it since January of 2020. I've been warning about it now for what? Two years and three months. Stock up. It's coming. And you can see it's clearly coming this year. This is the year that it comes to fruition. And that will put so much energy into the system insofar as, you know, mass migrations, as an example, that'll be unpredictable. Like what's going to happen? Uh, I was checking on Indian food security today. India looks okay at the at the moment, but I'm I'm unsure actually. I may have to go over there and look myself and and talk with you know a bunch of Indians and and, and get their feel on the ground uh, because sometimes you know you just can't tell from afar. Uh, and you know what's going to happen with Bangladesh, for instance, if Bangladesh has a big food shortage, where are they going to go? They're going to push through uh, you know Myanmar and end up in Thailand, right? And what about Africa? All over Africa, of course, uh, China wants Africa. We know that. Uh, you know, this is food shortages and mass famine would be a fantastic way for China to take big parts of of Africa. So, I mean, th- so there's a lot of people when, when you study famine, you'll find that in almost every big famine, uh, which there haven't been that many in our lifetimes, there haven't been any huge ones in our lifetimes. But when you get famines, they're almost always have human uh, intervention, right? Like the potato famine with the Irish, you know, the English were a big cause of that. Uh or, you know, down in, uh, you know, other famines such as right. in Bangladesh, the English again, you know, Victorian famines. I mean, these sorts of things are when you when you have a big famine, there's almost always human input. And this time the human input is fantastic. It's unbelievable. It's off the charts. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we've seen that uh, the, the 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 food uh, exports from Ukraine, a major food exporter has just been squeaked down tight. Nothing coming out. And. How many farmers are going to be planting when there's tanks rolling through their farms? When they're right. when the farmers are have run off to Poland and you know in Germany and whatnot. So let me so, ask you. So th- next year, we'll see how this is playing out. Let me ask you something: Do the Russians stop I- I- in Ukraine, or do they push through to Poland or somewhere else? Uh, if, if if they push through into Poland now, Lithuania, Estonia, Latvia, yeah. they might go for it. I, I know Lithuania; their main defense plan will be. Of course, uh, gorilla. I mean, and they call them the Forest Brothers. Actually, and that's a Forest Brothers strategy. That's what they plan to do. They've been preparing uh, Lithuania for years to do a to do a, a, a just a gorilla type resistance, and uh, and I think that they could be good at it. Uh, first of all, they do. They still have a fighting spirit, and um, there, but there's not many of them, uh, and so and they're very exposed. Look, if you look at the map and you look at Kaliningrad there. Uh, right now, today, in fact, Lithuanians were putting more forces on the border of Kaliningrad. And a lot of people don't realize it, but there's a little 
enclave of Russians there that border Lithuania and Poland called Kaliningrad. It's mm-hmm. on the Baltic up there. You see that that little basically almost island. It's not an island. It's landlocked. Or it's not landlocked. It's on the Baltic as well. But I mean, there's a little piece of Russia there that's all broken off and it's heavily armed, right? So, I mean, Russia's already, you might say, behind enemy lines, which is our friendly lines. Uh, they'll get a heck of a fight from the Polish, I'm sure of that, uh, and the Lithuanians. But um, I think if, if they tried to push through Poland, the resistance, first of all, you're going to activate Article 5 of NATO. So I'm not, I'm not big on the United States going into Lithuania. I mean, I'm sorry, into uh, Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, they're not, they're not a NATO member, despite it seems like everybody knows they are wrongly. Right. They're not a yeah, member yeah. of NATO. Ukraine is not a member of NATO. I say it like every day, 20 times. Ukraine is not a member of NATO, right? And so, and, uh, but, but Lithuania is, and Estonia and Latvia are, as is Poland. So if those countries are attacked, then we should attack back because they are, that, I mean, we have a, 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 right. a, a yeah, but, an obligation. But Michael, do you have back. any? I, do you have any faith in 2022 when Emmanuel Macron, you know, tweeted out pictures of himself crying the other day? When all of these uh, leaders in Europe, with some exceptions, like maybe the Polish leaders and, and Hungary as well, all you know, use their pronouns. Do you have any, mm. Do you have any faith that Article Five is something that we would really execute anymore? Well, uh, no. <laughs> that we, that I have, that's that's what that's one reason I don't want to go into Ukraine. Yeah, is because I don't trust our military. We got what? How many West Point cadets that were just overdosed in in uh, Florida? Was that Florida? Just overdosed the other day, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, West uh, West Point cadets. I mean, our, our military. Uh, you know, we see, uh, you know, cadets now graduated from West Point that uh, they shouldn't even be in the military. Period. Mm. Right. I mean, it's just pathetic. You know, people joining up to get sex changes and just it's, it's absolutely pathetic. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, well, like, we'll all get recruiting? canceled for saying these words, but I don't care. Go ahead. Isn't isn't the recruiting in the military like a disaster right now, too? I mean, like, I I would think that if we get drawn into a bigger, more extended war, that they're, that they're going to that there's a potential for there to be a draft in this country again, because I, I I mean, I don't, I don't know what the situation yeah. is, but they seem pretty desperate. Notice no generals have stood up. Not a single general has stood up. Hmm. Not a single active general has, or admiral has stood up and said, hey, this is wrong. I'm willing not to take the next star. Not a single one. Yeah. Right? And we saw what happened in Afghanistan. Uh, and we, and, and it's, just, it's just unbelievable. You know, how many tens of billions of dollars of equipment that we just give away to, yeah. to the Taliban? <laughs> they, are now, they are now a major <laughs> army. You know, it's yeah. unbelievable. So here we go. Information war. We got pathetic Biden. He doesn't even know he's president. He probably thinks he's president of student council right now. <laughs> Kamala Harris has got an IQ of about 90, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, it, 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 can she even string together a single, you know, Ukraine is a country in wherever. What did she say? It was, it was just, Ukraine's you know, Ukraine's a small country. Russia's big yes. and they attacked a smaller country, which is she, bad. She, like, she also said yesterday yeah. that Ukraine was a member of NATO, essentially. Uh, hey, Michael Yon, thank you so much. You guys can listen to him at Michael Yon. Michael underscore Yon. Go to MichaelYon.com. There's no other military correspondent um, reporter out there like him. If you guys don't know, you probably all know him. We got Last time we had you on, we had a zillion listens because the world knows who you are and you're great. Michael, we really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Uh, you're welcome. When I get to Poland, let's come back on and I'll tell you what's going on. 
Please, let's do it. Let's do it. Absolutely. Thanks so much, man. Talk later. Talk See y'all. See y'all. Thank you Bye-bye. very, very much. That is uh, Michael Yawn. That was quite a, a roller coaster ride, Alice, huh? Incredible. Incredible. Okay, hold on. It's asking me to. He, uh, you having trouble with your Zoom meeting? I had to make Tom the Zoom meeting host because I'm I had to. I'm not ready go. for prime time. <laughs> is, the, is the, hold on. Where's Burn it's Barrel? A, Burn Barrel. I'm looking it for said my... the meeting was ended by the host. So well, yeah, it did th- end the meeting. Was I, I was supposed yeah, to, right? Yeah. Okay. Just, okay. Uh, all right. So now it's Alice time. Is it Alice time? Yeah. Oh. Isn't this Alice time? The time when we say oh. goodbye to people oh. except for those yes, people Yes, except Patreon? for the Patreon people. So, yeah. So, we do have some more stuff to talk about. So, we're going to head over to do our Patreon show. Um, but what a great conversation that was with Michael Yawn. You can follow him on Twitter, Michael underscore Yawn. Uh, you can follow us. We're the Burn Barrel Pod on Twitter, at Burn Barrel Pod. Uh, and you can, if you want to hear the extra Sunday show, you can uh, go to patreon.com slash burn barrel imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details